This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm fine, Josh. I'm in, I'm like frozen in a state of wild card. They they say you should wild card during the international break. Um, but two Who's weeks they? of wild card. Yeah. yeah, who is they? That is a good mm-hmm. question. Are we they? Is it I, us? Do I don't remember ever saying that, but that does seem like that's like a that's like <laughs> it is like received wisdom, but I I think one week or two, I like, it's like a idea you get, you catch the price rises or something. I don't know. You know, I guess it's a, it's a good time. I guess four weeks is like a better data point than two or three. So, you yeah, know, well, if you're going to do it re- early, that's the time to do it. Regardless, I still don't feel like I have any data points right now, but, um, I, I continue to be on my wild card. That's going to take up a lot of our conversation during this episode. We're going to play a little game of what would you do? Okay. So uh, we've got questions from our listeners. A lot of other people out there are contemplating big transfers coming out of the international break, or they themselves are on their wild card. So mm-hmm. we're going to tackle these questions in a what would you do fashion. Ask the ask the hosts of Always Cheating. Uh, okay. And we're going to talk about your bus team too, Josh, before we preview all the fixtures from game week five. I like it. Yeah. And I think let's try to make this what would you do section slightly interesting because I have to say I've been getting a little a little bummed out seeing that everyone seems to have the same team right now. It seems like very even though I know this is a very common thing, it feels even more pronounced at the moment. I'm not I'm not really sure why, because it feels like there are actually quite a few different. Maybe it's going to come down to captains and stuff like that. But it feels like. I'm seeing like nine, 10, 11 starters that are identical to everybody else's. And I, 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 I suspect that ends up being a mistake because, um, you know, it's, I, I mean, like, look at, look at all of us game two, game two wild carders, you know, like we all had very similar teams and then, you know, halfway through game week three, you're like, oh my God, you know, like, what was I thinking? Like, why did I, why did I overinvest in Man United or why did I go with, you know, Allaire over 
Barnes or who you know whoever it ends up being in game week four. You know, so right. uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be. You're the one on the wild cards. So the pressure is on you. I get to just sit back and be the backseat driver and just tell <laughs> uh-huh. you what the better move is. But I'm gonna be objective here. I'm not going to uh, try to poison the poison the well or anything like that. I, you know that I don't do that. When you when you and I talk about strategy advice, I never try to give you. To the extent that you listen to my advice ever, you know, I would never give you bad <laughs> advice. <laughs> Definitely, if I don't listen to your advice nine times out of ten, it is just to spite you and to try right. and prove you wrong. You are like <laughs> the, uh, you're like the bad dad that I never had. <laughs> right, exactly. You're trying to sort of tick me off. Um, all right, so the international break, it's it's happening. I guess it's still happening. You and I actually got together on Friday to watch a very depressing uh, USA-Mexico match. Um, Pulisic looked good, though, if, if we want to talk FPL for a second. Yeah, he was the U.S.'s. He was really the only creative player for the U.S. They were rolling out a lot of young, untested players, a lot of debutantes for the U.S., but yep. even though it was a friendly uh, it's it's one of the most heated rival rivalries, at least in the Western Hemisphere. And Mexico just absolutely embarrassed the United States, which is de rigueur the last couple of years. It is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it, it's coincided with a certain election in fall 2016. I don't know if they're related, Brandon. <laughs> you know, we don't talk politics here, but mm, they have destroyed us ever since then. So uh, something to something to ponder uh, in your spare time. So has anything really interesting happened over the international break? I mean, I guess... Um, you know, Pookie scored a couple more goals. Uh, anything, anything I'm missing? Well, it's, it is kind of an uneventful international break in that players are playing, players are doing their thing. Um, so like Spain played two matches. Sabalos, he didn't play today, but he came on and played really well uh, earlier last week. Uh, we have a question here from Sportsbits. Is Kane's hat trick valid since two of the goals were PKs. So Kane comes along after we've been complaining about him mercilessly for two weeks in FPL and scores mm-hmm. a hat trick for England. Right. This, right. Is, this is one of these questions that will pop up during breaks is how, how does form from a national team translate to a club team? Uh, and I, I would suggest Josh that it doesn't, it's just a completely different world slightly different where you're talking yeah. about champions league or or other um cup competitions with your same club and different types of formations or starting lineups but your national mm-hmm. team it's it's different you know there have been counter examples i feel like i brought this up on the podcast before i i do remember an example of a really out of form romelu lukaku scoring like a hat trick for belgium or something like that and then coming back and doing really well for Everton once he returned. I don't know why that's like the only one I can remember. So the fact that that's the only one I can remember probably proves that you're right here and that there's there aren't a lot of examples of this happening. I mean, I think the hat trick is valid, but yeah, I agree that I don't think it's an indicator of form, um, especially when two of those, um, as you said, were, were penalties. Um, I mean, you know, that whole team is just in a little bit of a funk right now and half the players going off for the international break is, is only going to make it worse, you know? So, I yeah. mean... I mean, or, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could argue that not that I want to talk about Spurs too much in this on this podcast, but you could argue that um, maybe this is like the shakeup they needed, right? Like now they know that Erickson's here for the long run. They've got a nice run of fixtures ahead. Like maybe now it's going to get better for Spurs. It's not been a super fun start of the season, but they don't have right. a bad fixture until game week 10. So, you know, it's yeah. something to think about. 
It could be that, or it could be a Manchester United situation where everyone realizes they're in the, they're stuck in the car for a really long drive and no one actually wants to be there anymore. Um, but the, the, the Kane yeah. international break thing too, I think is interesting going back to it. So often these conversations get confused as far as form equals FPL results. And we lose sight of the fact of what uh, there are great players, premium assets like Kane or other players of his ilk that it's not down to form. They are great players. They'll continue to be, to be great players, but you just have to, uh, understand that they're club teams. It's not happening there for for whatever reason. Right. So I think that is a trap that you might fall into with an inner a player away on international break, doing great things, and then coming back into a completely different situation, which may not be as as uh, fertile. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think I uh, the long and short of it is that I agree with you that international break form does not should not impact your decision making when it comes to transfers in particular right i mean what i mean maybe like you know captaincy is kind of interesting right like what happens if raheem sterling gets a hat trick on tuesday you know does that make you maybe more likely to to captain him over salah salah and money aren't even aren't even um gone for this international break they're both home you know training because uh there's like this interesting there's like an african quality it's like an african's cup something like that but it's like only for players who play in africa so i don't think either of them are even going to go on break until november uh which is kind of interesting but anyway so if, if sterling did score a hat trick though would that maybe make you more inclined to have him as a captain this game week i mean they're they're playing at home at wembley to kosovo so uh <laughs> kosovo are not going to put up the greatest level of competition against england I assume Theo Walcott could score a hat trick against Kosovo. Right. I, I going to sound more, really be, bad on Tuesday when, when Kosovo wins yeah. 5-0. But yeah. Yeah, and the, the extreme downturn in listeners that we're going to see from uh, <laughs> Kosovo, which you right. know, I, I, I guess I have to stand by my word, Josh. I will not apologize for what I just said. <laughs> but I guess what I'll be looking for more from um, players like Raheem Sterling in that situation is more how many minutes did they play? How fresh are they going to be going into the weekend right. with Man City? Are they run ragged for 90 minutes in this Euro qualifier? Uh, that that will weigh more heavily on my mind in my decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. It's it's really more like it can only hurt you, right, um, as, a, as an asset. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, if Sterling scores like 11 goals on Tuesday – uh, that might that might sway me a little bit, you know, like it, like 11, 11 to 14 goals. Like I'm definitely thinking about him as a captain this game. Week. I mean, by by UEFA rules, would he even be allowed to play in the Premier League after that? I, I feel like he would have to <laughs> yeah. uh, sit yeah. in an, in like a, a cold bath for. a yeah, week. Yeah, he'd have to wait until the European Super Cup started or whatever, whatever they're calling the. Uh, Whatever the whatever the UEFA Champions League turns into, right? Uh-huh. Like, a, yeah, European Super League. <laughs> All right, so that's that's our international break chat. Uh, <laughs> very thorough. Uh, very thorough. There's nothing to say. Nothing really happened. Uh, so let's get right into into strategy. As we're sort of looking short term strategy, like strategy for Juan Carters, and kind of long term as well. Um, you know, we don't do these kind of strategy chats very often, Brandon, uh, because uh, you know they can get really in the weeds, really specific. And so we're going to try to keep this 
useful for everyone who's listening, whether you're wild carding, whether you're just thinking about your transfers, whether you're just thinking about your upcoming captains, uh, we're going to try to cover all of those bases um, over the next, uh, how long do these pods normally take? Hour and a half? You know, something like sure. that? Roughly. Yeah, so, yeah, roughly. Then over the next three to four hours, we will get into all these questions. Uh, and But first, Brandon, there is a lot of great chatter going on on the Always Cheating Slack right now. If you have considered doing it, uh, it's early in the month, which is a great time to uh, become a new patron. So uh, lots of great chatter going on there. Uh, you can also get an, uh, you get access to an extra podcast each week. Uh, you will be doing the uh, the kitchen table podcast this week, Brandon, talking about right. You may not be locked into your wild card when you record, but you're going to be probably 99.9% of the way there, right? It might be, you know, who's that yeah. backup goalkeeper level, you know, of the wild oh, card? Oh, yeah. The, the, where I am right now with my wild card, we're going to talk about three different iterations I have right now on this episode. So by the time we get to Thursday, hopefully I'll be down to one iteration where I I'm, I'm just have one or two different decisions to make. So yeah, I look forward to discussing that with our Patreon members come Thursday night. Great. So if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, it's a great way to uh, support the cheaters and get access to lots of cool stuff. We also have t-shirt giveaways. And if you have become a new pledger at the Volkswagen or producer level, uh, your t-shirts are coming. We're actually designing a brand new t-shirt for our patrons. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll have more details uh, maybe as soon as this week, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be sending an email out. Sure. So um, stay tuned to the end of the episode for shout outs to our new Patreons this week. More information, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Josh, I feel like I need a quick break before we get back and talk about my wild card and the, uh, the game. What would you do? I like it. All right, let's go. And we are back. Josh, what would you do? We've got some questions from our listeners, uh, some people uh, contemplating transfers for Game Week 5, or they're on their wild card like me. So we're going to tackle these big questions with the session of what would you do? We try not to be wholly prescriptive on the Always Cheating podcast, but I think given where we are just four weeks into the season, a lot of us playing our wild card, contemplating big sea changes in the FPL template, I think it's time for us to just put our our big opinions front and center. Uh, before we do that, let's just specifically uh, drill in on uh, a few wild card questions, Josh. This first one comes from Evan Tan. If not this international break, when's the next best time to wild card? Are wild cards best played during the international break? Is there going to be a huge fixture swing happening in the near future that warrants a wild card? And if there is, which teams should we target or avoid? So that is a very spicy meatball that Evan has thrown <laughs> into the podcast. Yeah, um, it, It's a broad one. Uh, you played your wild card coming out of game week two. Uh, yeah. And we're going to get to a question about lessons that you learned from playing that wild card. But looking forward, if you're not on wild card right now, is there something happening down the road that feels like an optimal time to, right. uh, to trigger it? Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't okay, – I mean not really uh, is my is my I, the short answer. I don't think there is a like game week that, that seems like really well suited in terms of – fixtures turning around i mean for one thing liverpool and man city are fixture proof right and they're the players that are the most expensive players in your team uh the ones who are going to be the ones you're going to make the biggest decisions about on your wild card um so you know it, it doesn't really matter about the fixtures for them i mean i guess the the consideration there is whether you want to just wait until the um 
you know, wait until the uh, the Champions League is over. You know, I guess that'd be one way to do it. And so then you wouldn't want a card until early December. The the right. one issue there is that Liverpool uh, will have a double game week. Um, or actually, they'll they'll, they'll miss a fit. So there's the what is it? It's like the is it the UEFA. Whatever it's called, the Super Cup is—is is that what it is? Or it's like it's not, it's not the UEFA, Super it's like Cup the FIFA, is, it's the FIFA something or the, other. The, yeah, Club World is Cup. it the Club World Cup? Right. Yeah. So they have the Club World Cup in December, so they are going to miss a fixture in early December, um, and it will get replayed at at some point. Um, we're not really sure exactly when yet. Um, I don't think that's been revealed. So it could be in the first half of the season, could be in the second half. So that would be something to maybe think about. Um, although I don't really know how that would impact things that much because – I mean, you're always going to want to have. There's not like a moment where you're going to want to <laughs> yeah. like divest your Liverpool options or or go from right. or have three. You should basically always have two or three, you know. So I I, I don't really know that planning for that is is something that's that's mad. It's not you're, you're not going to go from zero to three for a double game week, right? And you're not going to drop two or three just because uh, they're missing a game week. So and and, and you'll end yeah. up in a situation where you get too clever and you're like, oh, I'm going to drop Mo Salah and. Because he's going to blank and then wildcard and bring him back in, only to find out, oh right, I bought Mo at twelve point five, and now I have to pay twelve point eight for him. Crap. Right, right. Exactly. There's that too. Exactly. So, like, some Trenogs and Arnold could be if his price ever rises. Like, it still has not risen. Right. He's been threatening the last couple of days. Yeah, I, I think we're in a situation where it's very much a. Um, it's like a socioeconomic situation where it's the it's the rich people up here and the poor people down here, and there's not a lot in between. There is no FPL middle class, and right. I'm talking about the you know seven to eight million, seven to nine million players. Yeah, it, to to wild card right now or to wild card at any point, it, it it appears during this FPL season is to really just figure out which the best premium assets are that you want to bring in and then right. constantly sort of rotate around. So whether you do that this week or in two weeks or three weeks, I think that's going to be the way these early wild cards are going to um, yeah. play is like who, which city and Liverpool players am I going to bring in and then build around for the next few months of the fantasy season? Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the, one of the reasons you want to do an early wild card sometimes is that you have like the Sheffield Uniteds who emerge, right? And then players like Lundstrom, you know, four million defenders playing out of position as midfielders with a little bit of goal threat. Okay, yeah, you want a wild card to bring in one of those. Okay, you realize that you. You know, for a minute there, it looked like you maybe didn't want two Liverpool defenders, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which may actually still be true. Uh, and so, all right, you want card to get rid of one of those. Um, maybe there's a team that you that you undervalued, you know, which I thought was the case with Manchester United. Um, it kind of turned out to be a false, you know, whatever. Um, it, it, it did not turn out to be true uh, that I needed to have Manchester United <laughs> players. I'll just say that. However you want to uh, phrase that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is, that's the gamble with early wild cards. Is sometimes it works out and you get these players early and sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah. You know, for me, I'm, I've already dropped Martial, right? I just like that enough was enough. And and if I make a transfer this week, it'll probably be Juan Bissaka out, you know, because I just uh, – 
I just I'm ready to be done with uh, he's injured anyway. I mean, who knows yeah. how bad it is? Yeah. Um, you know, okay, so, so I think. Let, yeah. So let me so, let, let, let right. me interrupt you that thought, because you're in the midst of talking through a question that just Gabriel asked. And what are some lessons that you, Josh, learned from your early wild card, i.e. Right. Uh, your bench players, your flexibility, uh, upcoming fixtures and all that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm only two weeks in, so it's it's hard to say. I mean, the first one was, uh, I, you know, I did wildcard too early, um, for sure. Um, I, you know, it was a mistake, and uh, you know, I think, but again, I mean, you know, it's it's you can you can get off these mistakes pretty fast. I mean, you know, I don't hate every single player I brought in. Uh, you know, Kane Kane didn't work out, and Martial didn't work out, and I burned four to bring in De Bruyne and Allaire, and that has worked out at least so far. Right. And I have 1.7 million in the bank. So I probably didn't give myself enough balance. Uh, when I first put the team together, I got really fixated in having Harry Kane and it sort of threw my balance off a little bit. And that's how I feel a little bit about managers who are thinking about bringing in Aguero is I just, he's so expensive that it really does require a lot of sacrifices and it may be too many sacrifices, I think. Um, you know, so yeah, I guess that's my thought. I mean, in terms of bench players, I haven't had to go to the bench once this entire season. And, um, you know, uh, I think bench depth is like a little overrated in general anyway. You know, um, I mean, it's good to have at least one decent bench player, I guess. But I don't know, like more than one. It's just like even around the international break, it tends not to be a big factor. So I, I don't know. I'm not like I'm not huge on having tons of bench depth. Yeah. All right. So let's look at my wild card. I have three different versions here that I, I have that you can look at, Josh, in the running order. And we'll, I don't think we need to run. Well, we definitely do not need to run through all three of them for the listener's benefit. Right. Um, all 45 and, players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on our Twitter, at Hell Cheaters, I'll be posting iterations of my wild card all week for people to uh, make fun of mercilessly or... Um, or look upon in awe and and copy that's fine um but they 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 kind of present a few uh i guess each presents three main questions and Mm -hmm. they the three questions would be um virgil van dyke over trent alexander arnold they would be mo sala over sadio mane and they would be sergio aguero up front and if you look at the uh, squad, the wildcard squad that I put together with Sergio Aguero, what jumps out to you looking at this Aguero, Sterling, De Bruyne, Sadio Mane squad, Josh? And that's the third one down here. Yep. Uh, what stands out? I mean, I guess it's that your defense has a bunch of super cheap players in it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rico, my, my defense is absolutely Lundstrom. appalling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I actually don't know if I love the second version of your team here either, Brandon, uh, which has okay, Pookie, yeah. Pookie, Allaire, Barnes up front, then a Wobi, De Bruyne, Sterling, Mane, and McGinn. Because those are eight players that you'd want to play most game weeks. And so then you're going to have a benching dilemma each week. So it seems seems kind of um, at odds that why would you not want to have all these players that you would want to play? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's the argument that I guess you you make on a much lesser scale with goalkeeper rotation. So Pope and Matt Ryan. 
Right. Uh, I mean, they don't play for high caliber teams, but they're two really decent goalkeepers that on any given week could get a decent level of save points and clean sheets. And you're just, right. you have a dilemma every single week. Which one do I play? Invariably, you're going to get it wrong 50% of the time and be kicking yourself. So, right. yeah, if you're looking at a John McGinn, Alex Awobi rotation, it, it kind of feels good on the wild card. But when you go to set that team, how often am I going to be 100% sure who I want to roll out? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I see your point I, there. I may like the first version because it's almost my exact team, too. And so there might be a certain kind of bias in there. Uh, yeah. I think it's like 11 of the 15. But, I mean, I you know, I think it's it, it's really tempting to have a lair, you know, because of the fixture. Because he looks so good. Because now there's, like, only one West Ham forward who's decent pookie is like he's almost like in that lundstrom category now where it's like you just kind of have to have him you know i mean i i don't really like see a lot of i don't have a lot of sympathy or whatever for any arguments against having pookie like his ownership is super high his ownership is super high among intelligent managers who are taking the game really seriously so it's like the kind of people who will benefit if he does well are the kind of people that are going to push you down the ranks you know so I, I I just don't really see a strong argument for not having him. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Aguero thing is actually interesting. I mean, maybe I dismissed Aguero a little too much. I mean, the, the problem is, you know, you, you just can't have Aguero and De Bruyne. You know, I, I don't know that that's really possible. Mm-hmm. I don't find it very convincing, this argument that you can have that you can go without Sterling. I, I, th- I feel like Sterling is uh, another player super central. He's also going to get captained all the time. Well, that has an extremely right. loud uh, siren in the background, isn't it? It's like <laughs> yeah, it's like fine. outside your it's like outside your door. <laughs> I promise they're not coming for me. Always cheating, listeners. Everything's fine. Everything's normal here in here in sleepy Brooklyn, New York. So, I mean, but Aguero probably, you know, the advantage of Aguero is that I feel like if you had him, it would basically solve your captaincy dilemma. I would, if I had him, I would just captain him every game week. I right. mean. Almost without fail. Like, I'm trying to think of a time when I wouldn't captain him. You know, it would have to be an absolutely amazing home fixture for, for, but he, I mean, well, okay, this, this upcoming one is kind of interesting because you have what is quite a good home fixture for Liverpool. Um, and, and, a, but, but in, in, in Man City on the road, but they are on the road to Norwich, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's about even there. So I don't want to get too sidetracked though. So, uh, continue. I'm just uh, I'm just going to keep interjecting with my like you know <laughs> semi deep well, thoughts here. That's great. I think this is a good uh, point for us to jump into. What would you do? And uh, yep. as as we talk through my various wild card thoughts, so let's start in the back in the defense. And the first, what would you do? Question comes from our friend FPL Chancer Dan on Twitter. Has the Laporte injury killed your trust in city defense? The community vibe seems to be that this removal really damages their clean sheet potential. Can I throw a theory at you, Josh, about this whole uh, community vibe that Dan is talking about? I believe Mm -hmm. that the community, such as it is, is looking for any excuse to divest, divest themselves of some expensive defensive assets. Um, Zinchenko, he is a popular fullback. He looks decent, but he's not sexy. And Mm -hmm. he is, has this like looming mysterious threat of rotation for whatever that means. Um, I think that people look at the Laporte injury and they say, cool, let's use this as, as an excuse to just get out of Dodge. I do not buy that city are going to, 
obviously Laporte is their by far and away their best central defender. Um, and you can't dismiss that totally, but I don't think you can at the same time dismiss the fact that City still remain the best team in the entire Premier League. They lost Kevin De Bruyne to injury numerous times last season, and they still steamrolled everyone. They lose Emmerich Laporte, and suddenly they're um, going to be really vulnerable at the back. I I don't buy it. Here's here's a hot take for you, Brandon. All right? You ready for a hot take? I'm ready, If you you are on a wild card going into game week five and you don't have Otamendi in your team, you're crazy. He would be, (laughs) if you just blanked my team out and I started with no players at all, the very first player that I would put in would be Nicholas Otamendi. Yeah. 5.4 million defender. Uh, They don't have any center backs anymore, um, you know, except for, uh, you know, possibly healthy John Stones. We'll see. Um, but I still have a lot of faith in that team. I mean, they don't have any center backs, but I, I like you said, I don't care. I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I look at their fixtures and it's conceivable that they yeah. don't, that, I mean, they could keep clean sheets. Okay. I mean, maybe a way to Norwich in game week five, maybe whatever in game week seven, but I mean, it's, you know, Watford, Wolves, Villa, Southampton, and four of their next, you know, and their next their next four home matches are Watford Wolves, Estonville, and Southampton. Those, those are four clean sheets right there. They also play away to Crystal Palace in game week nine, probably a clean sheet. Norwich and Everton, it wouldn't be shocking if they kept clean sheets there. I mean, they just control the ball so much that you yeah. know the other team is going to have one, maybe two chances in a, in a match to score. And if they don't score in those chances, then I mean, everyone thinks of the you know um, what's his name the. Uh, the palace, Andros Townsend, you know, scoring away to the Eddie had, but like, you know, it takes a worldly, you know, sure. I mean, it takes the Harry, Harry Wilson, Harry Wilson. upper uh-huh. right corner, you know, uh, yeah. in order for it to happen, you know, which is going to happen. That's going to happen to everybody. I mean, that's, you know, uh, that to me doesn't mean you just don't have any defenders who are decent, you know, uh-huh. more times than not, oh, you're yeah. going to keep the clean sheet. At last season, exactly. Last season, they kept one fewer clean sheet than Liverpool. I think it was 20 to 21 or something like that. And it wasn't because Man City have an incredible defense. They're just that good of a team. I agree. Next, next, what would you do question comes from FPL Schwartz. If on a wild card, what option is best? And this kind of gets into our midfield discussion, but it does also relate to the Liverpool defense. What option is best? Salah plus Virgil van Dijk or Mane plus Trent Alexander-Arnold? which gives you, I think, 0.5 to 1 million more to spend uh, elsewhere. You can upgrade other defenders. So I'm fairly committed to keeping Mo Salah on my wild card. And though I have been advocating strongly for, um, I mean, all season for Trent Alexander-Arnold, I would be okay downgrading Trent to Virgil van Dijk if needs must for my budget. Uh, you're on Mane and Virgil van Dijk. You went the Uber Liverpool budget route. On a wild card, yeah. what would you do? To be honest, I'm, I'm going to cheat here and I'm going to say that if I was on a wild card, I would find a way to have Salah and Trent. You know, um, yeah. I would just I would just prioritize them over other. I mean, this is the kind of trap that you can get into in a wild card where suddenly you decide that. That Allaire or Ashley Barnes or whoever is so important, you know, and, and they're going to do so well. Usually you have like one fixture in mind too, like like one good upcoming fixture, you know, where you're like, they're going to do so well that I need to 
do everything I can to make sure they're in my squat, you know, and suddenly you're cutting here, you're cutting there, you're like doing all of these things to get in these like mediocre players, you know, from, from bottom 10 teams. And, you know, when those sacrifices lead you to downgrade, uh, you know, a Sala to a Mane or, a, you know, Trent to a Van Dyke, I will say, I mean, Trent's consistency, I, that one was just a, a blunder, you know, I mean, uh, I feel like, uh, Van Dyke is not going to be outscored by Trent by that much on the season, but there's just so much extra, you know, goal threat in this. Right. Really, a little bit of goal threat, but more assist threat, I guess, uh, from Trent. I mean, you know, he's on a lot of corner kicks. He's on some free kicks. Um, it's kind of like Salah. I mean, Salah's on corners, you know. Salah's on pens. Like, there's just so many extra ways for Salah to get you points, even if he starts passing to Mane more, you know. <laughs> there's like, he still just has so many more ways to get you points. And, I, you know, I'm really seriously considering trying to get Salah back in. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's move into the midfield. We have a question here about the midfield. What would you do? This comes from Lee, part of FPL family. Great YouTube channel. Uh, Lee and Sam, uh, check that out if you can. Uh, Lee wants to know, interested in your thoughts on the cheap mid bracket and which you'd choose if you were on wildcard. Mount Lanzini, Sabalos, Cantwell, McGinn, James. I always want to say James when I see that. Maybe it's because our <laughs> listeners have pummeled us with pronunciation critiques. Yeah. Harry yeah. Wilson, Trossard, Iwobi. Can I go on, Josh? Yarmolenko, Robinson, Dendonker. The pool is pretty deep down there. So this is this is seems to be the big question we're answering or we're tr- we're addressing, I should say, every right. week is right. the budget to mid-price midfielder. The right. idea that one could possibly predict who is going to return week to week. Yeah. I mean, this is like, it's the, it's, it's the endless hunt for the next Riyad Mahrez, you know, that season when Riyad Mahrez was five point, the, the year that Liverpool, or the, excuse me, the year that Leicester won the league, right. Riyad Mahrez started off at 5.5 million, uh, ended up becoming, you know, an all time FPL legend, right? I think he was up to 7.5 or something by the end. Um, and you know, it's, I, I don't know that I see it with any of this lot, you know, I mean, um, I'm not, I mean, I guess Mason Mount is like maybe the most likely to, to Mm -hmm. turn into a, you know, Lampard type player, you know, um, I can't, well, I mean, uh, you know, Cantwell's fine, but he's, you know, that team is like, uh, they're probably going to go down this year. They're, they're going to be in trouble all season. That's for sure. I mean, you know, McGinn, the team doesn't score enough. Uh, Harry Wilson's like what, like the fifth best option on that team, the fourth, maybe, um, you know, Trissard unproven, Awobi, maybe like the reason that it's so hard to decide is because none of them are that appealing, right. you know? And, um, so do you maybe just go with some of the cheaper options in that case? Um, you know, I mean, I guess, uh, if you just had to pick one from this list of like 10 players, just one, like yeah. your team aside, what, what, who's the one player you'd pick? Well, if, if, to in response to what you're saying, there are reasons why I would pick a certain one. Like Cantwell immediately jumps out at me. Yes, I want him. Why do I want him? Because he's dirt cheap. He will play and he has potential. Right. He has a function. Okay, he, okay, he has a distinct FPL function. If I wanted to pick one long term that I knew I would have to start every week, I think what mm-hmm. I want to look for is the player who has the most avenues to FPL points, whether it's goals mm-hmm. or assists. And I think it is Mason Mount. And I've compared him before to Ryan Fraser from last season. He's on set pieces. He's on corners. He crashes into the box. Uh, and he is in that same price range. And he plays for a team. Well, we have all these question marks about Chelsea. Chelsea are going to run at the top six. And... um 
I think Mount will will accumulate FPL points because of, of yeah. that level of play where they are. And I think it's just the number of routes that he has to goal. I mean, I, uh, Sabalos, he takes the occasional corner kick, I believe. But, I mean, Unai Emery, he rotates like an insane person, even beyond Pep Guardiola levels. I can't trust an asset on Arsenal right now beyond Aubameyang. Lanzini, I do like him. He similarly could be on set pieces. He could take a penalty if Mark Noble is not on the field. Uh, right. But West Ham doesn't have that kind of, um, I guess, that I don't, I don't know. No, I'm going to talk myself into a corner here of comparing West Ham and Chelsea, which are I, I don't I don't think I could get away yeah. with that. But um I guess broadly it's between Mount and James, right? Because James is proven now that he's a goal scorer and he plays on a team that will play an attacking style of football. Yeah. So that at that if I was at, make a, at the price you pay for him is worth taking. And if I was gonna make a real left field pick here, um I would say that Yuri Tielemans is a player who I really like. Um it's the timing isn't great because uh, they play Man United and Spurs uh, and then Liverpool, actually, in three of their next four. Um, James Madison, if you can go a little more expensive, is a player I really like, too. Um, yeah, I, I just, it feels like you're just like this whole lot. is just like it's the third, fourth and fifth best option on all these teams. Like maybe McGinn is the best option, but on, on Aston Villa, but you don't even necessarily need the best option on Aston Villa, you know? Um, so I, I think I'm with you. I, I guess Mount, who I, I feel like is getting slightly overrated now, except like 6.4 million, which seems like a bit high for such an unproven play. This guy has like no track record, you know? No. Um, it's just hard to know if he's going to keep it up. So I guess I'll go James. I don't know, like pretty cheap still. Um, at least he like plays in a really advanced position for that team. Then yeah, his fixtures are actually not bad. So that's my pick. Lester is a bit of a quandary out of nowhere. Yeah, Uh, it's fine. It's fine, Josh. I'm okay with that. I was just going to say jumping (laughs) off of uh, Tielemans and Madison. I like both of those players, especially Madison and Vardy is a big talking point during the international break. How do we all feel about him? Going back to the uh, the earlier question, um, who asked that question? Oh, it was uh, Evan. When to wildcard? Leicester could be a problem for us when their fixtures actually finally break good come game week nine with Burnley, Southampton, Palace going forward. It's a tricky proposition starting now. They have United, Spurs, Newcastle, Liverpool in game week eight. And you start to get into that price range with Madison and Vardy where it's it takes just a minor amount of surgery to to work around them to get them in at that point. Um, yeah. So I feel like there are going to be a lot of wildcard teams coming out of this international break that are short some Leicester assets. And it's going to be a question that we're going to have to come back to uh, starting in game week nine. The outside of Vardy, none of them are that expensive, you know, so it's not impossible to to do even, you know, let's say that uh, Zinchenko, who I have is, uh, you know, just ends up being um, like rotating with Ben Mendy or something like that, you know, or, or I don't know that that team just really doesn't keep a clean sheet after all. Um, and just can't, and they just look terrible the next couple of matches. Then it's really easy to move, you know, to Sonyoku or even one of their, even Ben, you know, Ben Chilwell or something. Um, and kind of the same thing in that mid price range. I mean, outside, even James Madison, you know, he's the most expensive option, but he's only 7.1 million. You know, like that's not like, uh, ruining your team to get in level price, you know? Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're a wait and see, but, uh, I, I do like that. I just think they're like the best team of all these teams that we're considering, you know? So, all right, here, here is know. a big risk taking. What would you do? Are you, is this is less a, what would you do question, Josh Moran? Are you tough enough? Peter wants to know, is it too risky to ditch Liverpool attack over their tricky run of fixtures after Sheffield away? Very unlikely that you'll captain Salah or Mane in any of those fixtures. So is it really worth holding on to them? So you're you're trying to move value around, making difficult choices, uh, and along the lines of what you were saying, Josh, like, why are we all cutting here and there just to fit Sebastian Allaire into our team when it means you know, right. downgrading our Liverpool assets. What's the common sense there? So if we look at Liverpool's upcoming fixtures after Sheffield United in game week seven, it's Leicester, Manchester United, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, Aston Villa, Man City in game week 12. Um, if you're talking about Liverpool, is that a tough run? Is that tough enough to where you're you're ditching Salah or Mane? What would you do, Josh? <laughs> is this a tough question? I mean, no, I would, I would, I will, I bet over the course of all 38 weeks, I will not be without a single Liverpool attacker for the entire run. And if anything, I want to have two, you know, I would love to find a way to have Salah and Mane in my squad. I mean, I'm not, you know, first of all, I think there's plenty of captainable fixtures for them. I, I mean, it's not like, you know, I mean, we've, we've already seen like, you know, Sterling has, you know, has had a couple, like, you know, he has only has double figure returns in one of his matches, you know, and, uh, you know, De Bruyne is, I think, uh, always a slightly risky captain choice, um, just because he's, he's not necessarily explosive, um, you know, and so if you don't have Aguero, then I think there's ample times when I would be considering captain one of my Liverpool players, um, you know, throughout any of the next couple matches. And also, like you said, I mean, there's, there's to me they have one hard match they have two hard matches this season and those are both the man city matches everything else i'm not really worried about at all yeah how could i do anything but dis, uh disagree how could i do anything but agree with you josh yes uh divest <laughs> yourself of liverpool attackers at your own peril peter uh, our last every season well, this happens right yeah, right sorry yeah. I, I didn't mean to, i know we were like done with the discussion but every season this happens where someone's like you know what i don't need salah I don't need him. You know, I'll be fine without him. And uh-huh. every season, it's like a, it's a, it's a massive mistake. I'm feeling it already. I, I haven't had him for two weeks, and I'm like, I can't even watch Liverpool matches now. I'm so nervous. You know, so it, it, it's just you need. Smani may be okay coverage. I'm not necessarily going to move him right away, but uh, to not have any attackers, like, God, you just wouldn't be able to watch any Liverpool matches the rest of the year, right? It'd be so nerve wracking because they score so much. And and also assist a lot and tend to keep a lot of clean sheets. They get bonus points that way, too. And so there, yeah, I, uh, there comes a point yeah. in uh, Dumb and Dumber in which I think uh, J- Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels characters believe that they would be better off if they weren't friends or if they weren't collaborating or conspiring together and they go their separate ways. What always happens in these movies, Josh? They always come back together. They always win the day when they join forces again. So don't be like Dumb and Dumber. Just. Stick with stick with your Liverpool attacking assets and you'll be okay. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I totally follow that, but all right, let's let's move That's on. Fine. Everyone, everyone else uh, out there followed it. I'm sure of it. All right, last question on our midfielder: What would you do? Section comes from Tom Campbell. I cannot. What what is it with this name? Camp Campbell Campbell. I cannot say it. Campbell. Yeah, just say the mayor. The mayor. Tom the mayor. The mayor himself, Tom Campbell, one of the best followers on Twitter. I love your match of the day reports, Tom. 
He has a what would you do question for us. Hi, guys. One of your thoughts on a long-term approach of having Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mane, Firmino as your Liverpool players, then KDB and Sterling as your city as a pool of five players. So can you picture this in your mind, right? You've, you've got – we're talking about just Manchester City and Liverpool, and you've got five players. Three of them are Liverpool, yep. Trent, Mane, Firmino. Two of them are City, and it's KDB, Sterling. So there's no City yep. defensive coverage. Preferable mm-hmm. to just uh, to having just four, but those four, Sterling, Aguero, Sala, or Trent. So Tom is – I think it's a provocative idea, right, that you're um, – you're skirting the most yeah. expensive asset on Liverpool and going from Mane and, and moving up to Firmino up front. Because what the issue that we are still struggling with at this point in the season is there has been no real major striker that's emerged. So Aguero has emerged. He's fully emerged. He actually is like, hello, I never left. But for whatever reason, none <laughs> right. of us feel like we can afford him or want to plug him into our team. So there's right. Bobby Firmino, and he, Tom is making a case, is it time for Firmino to, and wrapping him around mm-hmm. Trent and Mane? I have been thinking about Firmino more recently. I mean, it's he's looked really good to start the season, and I mean, he, he always looks good, I guess. And it doesn't feel, it feels to me like he's looking for a shot a little more this season, and I don't know, like maybe he always, it's hard to know, you know, like, but it does feel like he's maybe a little more, you know, I'm hesitant to even say anything because I haven't looked at any of like the stat data on this. It'd be interesting to like compare his first four weeks this season versus last season or something like that, you know, to see if he just has more shots, shots, the box, things like that, you know, well, why don't you vamp while I actually do run that comparison, Josh? All right, let's, let's do it. Cause I, I mean, at nine point five million, he's not unaffordable, you know. Right. And uh, I, it's possible. I mean, you know, it's like I mean, right now, like I have enough money in my bank that I could almost move Alaire to Firmino. You know, I just you know, I need to find one more transfer. You know, downgrade Juan Basaka to Sonyoku, and then I've got the money to do it. You know, so it's it can be done. You know, I mean, it, it's funny. It's like you said, it's, it's kind of like Aguero. And it's funny how again, this is like what's so frustrating about you know, about the kind of group think mentality that can kind of take over a little bit. And I, you know, and I'm not saying that you, you know, that you should just like ignore everything and, and, and go your own way. And I mean, obviously (laughs) it's it's fun to think about the, it's fun to think about the strategy. It's fun to talk to people about what you might do. It's good to take advice. I just wish it didn't always lead everyone to the same place, you know? And because it does seem like players like Firmino just get cut because, you know, because, just because no one's talking about them. It seems like that's why he's not being talked about because no one's talking about him. Like it's like it's weird Ouroboros thing, you know, <laughs> it's like it right. never breaks. Like he, he never like enters the circle of conversation for some reason, you know. Um, and yeah, until he does, you know, it's, it's like a, these players are never talked about until they're the only players that anyone is bringing in, you know. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I think I really, I really like the idea of having Firmino. I mean, why, why not? You know, his ownership is crazy low, 11.8%. He's not that expensive. You know, he's 2 million cheaper than Mane. I mean, honestly, I kind of prefer him to Mane. There, there's some temptation there. Like, you know, if you were doing like a really expensive frontline, you know, it's funny because Pookie actually complicates things a little bit. If Pookie was not 
did not exist, then I think it'd be easier to do like two up front with like, um, you know, with Aguero and Firmino. Um, and then, you know, you could uh, and then have some 4.5 million player and then, you know, kind of put more money into the midfield. But because Pookie's there and his returns are so good and his ownership's getting so high, you, it's like he kind of is taking that Firmino spot in a weird way, you know? Right. Like, well, you, you uh, kind of don't need him as much. So, yeah. you know, for that slot. And so you, you don't have him. But I don't know. It's interesting. That was some great vamping, Josh. And all for naught because it's basically impossible <laughs> yeah. to do a straight comparison because Firmino was injured so much uh, or uh, getting getting gotcha. rested coming off the World Cup as well. But his XG to start right, the season right. this season through the first four game weeks is 1.79. It's it's tasty. It's right it's, on it. It's, it's, yeah. it's really yeah. nice. So um, I'm with you. He He's bubbling up as someone who I'd like to have. The issue is, is uh, I guess I have to tinker a little bit more with the wild card situation. I haven't quite found a situation, much like with Vardy, where it's logical to slot in a striker at that price range. Maybe if mm-hmm. I'm looking at the version in which I have Aguero up front, uh, that would be a, a way for me to imagine putting Firmino in place of Aguero, and then what more could I do with my defense? So it's it's worth a try. Yeah. It's worth a try. Yeah, I think I think is it look is it fair to say you don't need Aguero and you don't need KDB, but you do need one of those two. Yes. You know? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's yeah, some version of Sterling plus Aguero, Sterling plus KDB. Or Aguero mm-hmm. plus KDB. It, it's one of those right. three. So uh, the and, choice yeah, is yours. And, and, and if you have Aguero, it may push you to having Sadio Mane over, right, yes. over uh, Mo Salah. Yep. Yeah. And so we're all clear and we're all on the same page. The preference would be right. to have Salah over Mane. This is, this is Brandon talking now. Um, yes. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yes. So, I agree. you know, but it's, it's, okay to have Mane instead of Salah. It's more okay to have Mane instead of Salah, I believe, than it is more okay to have well, what was the point I was trying to make? Not having Sterling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but I but I, I think, you know, wherever we it's, there's a lot of options I think is the point here. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Go out there and have fun with it, everybody. Yeah. Alright, well, while we're talking about strikers, we have a couple more what would you do questions. The next one here comes from Kun Karam who wants to know does Aubameyang scare you next game week and beyond? How would you fit him in if you have Salah, Sterling, and KDB? Would you sacrifice any of them to fit in your team? And my my thoughts on Aubameyang are pretty straightforward. I think he is a fantastic, fantastic FPL option. However, yep. um, I would never captain him, and he's too expensive. So uh, he's he's the best he's the best option I'll never have. He was a big talking point in last week's podcast, the 20 questions for 20 million teams. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast yet, um, I do I do suggest listening to it because it was all kind of big picture stuff. Um, sort of like this podcast, but this podcast I think is a little more like fantasy team specific. And yeah, I think the thing with Bobby is, yeah, both of us are in agreement here. He's just not as good as the other expensive options in his price range, you know, so. It just makes him a non-starter. Yeah. All right. So the last what would you do question comes from 8020FPL on Twitter. Wants to know, still trying to decide between Barnes and Allaire. Barnes has incredible fixtures, but Allaire mm-hmm. seems like he could start banging them in. So Allaire looks the part. Barnes plays the part. 
who do we trust more? And this could speak to the larger um, problem that I'm having with my wild card is Pookie seems like he is a must as uh, just in terms of ownership and value that I have like the minor amount of value I've since accrued from buying him. I have to hang on to him. Mm-hmm. Do I, do I choose, do I have to choose between Allaire and Barnes? Do I get both of them? Uh, Cause the other option seems to be, um, taking one between Allaire and Barnes and then either getting dead weight on your bench like Greenwood or trying to find mm-hmm. a, a bigger striker like Firmino Vardy or even Aguero. Right. I think that uh, – I actually think a Barnes looks the part just as much as Allaire does. I mean, you know, it's only because we know what Barnes looks like, you know. I mean, like, I mean we know that he's never had like a 20-goal season that we – are saying that he doesn't look the part. I mean, he looks every much the part as, as Allaire does, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I think I like the team around Allaire more than, uh, I think there's like, there's more people who can get Allaire the ball. You know, there's more ways for him to score probably, but, um, that million difference is pretty big, you know, or whatever it is right now. Right. Maybe it's somewhere like 0.8 or something. Um, but I mean, you know, Barnes, even, even in this, uh, Liverpool match, Barnes looked good, you know? So, you know, the, the, the only match has gone scoreless this season. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, if I was on a wild card and it was like having Barnes allowed me to keep, it just depends on what sacrifices it makes, you know, like it allows you or, or what sort of, if, if, you know, if you can just do it and it doesn't really make a difference to your team, I think it's fine. But if having Barnes over a lair means that you get to have Trent over Van Dyke or it means you get to have Salah over Mane, then I think I would have to go Barnes. All right. And fixtures aren't really going to help here because they both teams, both Burnley and West Ham, have an incredible run of fixtures. Burnley coming up starting in game week five. It's Brighton, Norwich, Villa, Everton, Leicester. Chelsea, Sheffield, mm-hmm. then they play West Ham in game week 12. West Ham, it's Villa, Manchester United, Bournemouth, Palace, Everton, Sheffield United, Newcastle, Burnley in game week 12. And both pretty good then. Yeah, we, we'd we be foolish to to bet on one over the other. I think yeah. it's a bit of a gut call, and I agree yeah. with you, Josh. If if it, it, it's down to money, it's down to money. Yeah, and Allaire is the shiny new toy, right? I mean, you know, you kind of feel like you know what you're going to get with Barnes. Allaire, right. it's like, who knows? You know, maybe maybe he's going to score 40 goals this year. Yeah. Probably not, but, you know, maybe he'll score 20. Well, um, I didn't know what I would do before we started this segment, Josh, but I think I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do now. So uh, thanks for talking me through some of those wildcard dilemmas. Thanks to our listeners for provoking that conversation. Um, and, uh, yeah, like like you said, Josh, for our Patreon members, I'll be back on Thursday night to talk talk through the next iteration of my wildcard team. So, Let's take a quick break and uh, come back. And we have a lightning round full of other uh, different questions about game week five. And then we'll tackle the game week five fixtures. Josh, you know, it's true. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's one problem, though. Guys keep buying generic off the rack suits. And that's why Blue Wire is excited to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Getting married, Indochino has tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. 
This week, Always Cheating listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering the code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit, just $369 and free shipping. Made to measure, Josh. That's an incredible deal. And trust me, once you go custom, you don't go back. Brandon, let's face it, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why we go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. If you're betting on NFL this season, do the smart thing and bet with my bookie. Oh my God. I hope you weren't betting on the Lions this Sunday, Brandon. <laughs> my goodness. They blew through an 18 point lead and uh, finished with a tie in overtime. Oh, poor Lions. It was so painful. Yeah. Being a Lions fan is the, is, is, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Uh, like to bet, a, like to bet a little to win a lot. Try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. Bet's not going your way. My bookie allows for betting after kickoff. Visit mybookie.ag today. Join now and mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE at mybookie.ag. All right, Brian, we're back with a short lightning round of this game week. Uh, we we're moving away from the theoretical, Brandon, mm-hmm. into, into the realm of pure pure strat okay pure science I, I'm, I'm, is this science pure science we're talking i'm, I'm changing strategy to strat because that's how that's how casual we're going to be in this section first comes from alex w all right uh-huh. here he goes sterling aguero this is a good question but it's a bit long so get I'm ready with you. sterling aguero sala kdb and pookie are all in course to beat Sala's all-time fpl points record by about 40 points which of the following do you think is the best explanation uh, first of all, they're not, n- none of them are going to do it, I bet. Uh, one, uh, the game has changed. Defenders can't employ the darker parts of their craft in the age of VAR. Lots of players will be smashing the all-time FPL points record. Uh, two, sample sizes are small. Form and fixtures have been good for a few, and normality will resume soon enough. Or three, City, are me- City, Manchester City, are much better than ever before, and all their players are going to smash it. A City score 120 goals in a 110-point season. Others may revert to the mean, but not these guys. Right. I'm excited now that Timu Puki plays for Manchester City. That's great news for all of us FPL managers. Yeah. The that answer. Lightning round <laughs> question, by the way, that, that the, 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 it's a rare case where the question is going to be longer than the answer, I think, <laughs> for the lightning yeah. round. The, buzz, the lightning round buzzer went off somewhere around uh, sample sizes are small, but the answer is clearly number yep. two. Sample sizes are very small. This is a, always a big talking yep. point at the start of the FPL season where random players get off to these flying starts. If Bafetimbi Gomes at Swansea many seasons ago is a wonderful example of this. We are all praying that Timu Puki is not the second coming of Bafetimbi Gomes, and he probably is not. But yeah, the sample sizes are just too small. Things are going to, uh, normal service will resume in the coming month. Yeah, I mean, I do think that, uh, you know, I think last year did set a record for the most goals scored in a Premier League season. Um, and it wouldn't be shocking if that goal, if that record was beaten again this year, right? There's just there's just a massive influx of players who can score. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole thing with Liverpool and Man City, where the two player, the two teams that are players who are actually likely to break some FPL point records is a lot of things kind of have to break their way. You know, like they need to be in a Champions League group where – they get up early and kind of don't need to play players the last couple of matches. You know, they need to have like no FA Cup or, you know, City can kind of get away with it because they have so much insane squad depth. But even for them, you, you will see a lot of rotation. You know, I mean, 
Um, we haven't really seen any from them this year yet, and that's right. definitely going to change, right? Because their yeah. their first Champions League match is what like three days after uh, game week five starts, four days after. Yep. So um, you know, so it's it's going to start happening, um, and that and that's what keeps these records from getting shattered. You know, it's not like you know uh, there's no European commitments for them. You know, which is what's happened with. Uh, you know, a couple of like, you know, like the dear Jamie Vardy and um, Vardy and Morris smashed the league. And the year that uh, one of the years that Chelsea won the league, you know, they didn't have any Europe, you know, just easier for someone like Eden Hazard to go off if he's not playing every every other Wednesday, you know, or every Wednesday, every three weeks or whatever. Uh-huh. It's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a smart way of looking at it. All right. Next question comes from Nervous Ned. Even at such an early stage of the season, when you have potentially fallen behind in your mini leagues, how do you stay positive and find the differentials to fight back? A classic vintage question from Ned here. <laughs> so, this is a vintage question. Yeah. And I, like like me, coming off of game week four, it was a pretty bad score for me. And we've had a lot of time, an inordinate amount of time to stew during the long extended international break. Um. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough question. How do you keep your spirits up and how do you find the route to to fight back? It's, you know, I feel like uh, the word patience is having a bit of a backlash right now. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. But the, the fact is, um, if you had a bad start, you just have to stick with it. It's not going to be fun. It's never fun clawing back the ground that you've lost, but you simply have to do it. Um, you found yourself in this position and, and now you have to do the work to get back, back to it. So there's, there's really no easy answer. There's, there's no one player that you get in and it's going to reverse the cause. It's, it's going to take many weeks of getting your captaincy pick, right. Picking the right different, not, I don't want to say picking the right differential, but maybe, I mean, I, I actually get depressed when I'm not having a great start of the season and everyone has the same players above me, you know? And so I, I mean, I think that having, you know, having some player that isn't highly owned in your team, you know, is gives you something to look forward to each game week, you know, even if it doesn't work out, you know, it's sort of one of the reasons I ended up with Sabalos in my wildcard team game week three. I mean, I, you know, objectively, I thought McGinn was probably a better player to have, you know, um, but I just want to have some fun, you know, it was just, it's just fun to have some, you know, it's, it's like a, it's probably a flaw in the way that I play, you know, but it's like, just having like that one player who might come good, who no one else has, is just a real, really appealing thing. Um, and so I think that that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is just to keep recalibrating your expectations. You know, I mean, yeah, like maybe maybe your season's going so badly that like you're gonna, you know, the goal is to finish in the top hundred thousand and sort of the top ten thousand. You know, maybe then if you get there, you keep you you recalibrate again. You know, and you, just, and you think about the top ten k. Uh, or maybe you just decide, you know what, all I'm going to care about is my mini league this year, and that's what I'm going to worry about. And there's just, and if that's, if you know, if that's where what you're going to worry about, then then that's fine. You're probably at most forty points back, 50, even fifty points back in your mini league. That's nothing after four yeah. weeks. Nothing, you know. So how about um, this? How about you, you just know, stop caring about FPL and start saving up for a new car? 
Yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah, find a second goal, like take up woodworking, you know? So like when the, when the games are done on Saturday, you have like something else to do, you know, instead of like going on Twitter and, you know, getting, getting mad or whatever, that's what I do. Get out there, too much. Get out there and live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I know. Like my game week, my wild card was so bad after game week three. Like you and I had to have like a talk about social media because I was like, I am, I'm just like, <laughs> yelling at I was like this isn't going to work you know like I can't just go on there and yell at people anyway let's move on to the next question Ian Stimson says is it time to lose Trissard when his agent is saying that he'll miss the next game I love this question I didn't, yeah. I didn't see this uh, well yeah. I, I didn't see the news about the agent I also didn't see the news that anyone actually brought Trissard into their FPL team so um that's interesting yeah you should get rid of him yeah, I guess he's got a groin injury. Um, I, I, it's like ringing a small bell. I guess I did hear about that a couple of days ago. So, yeah, he's got a busted groin. Um, mm. time, time, to, time, time to let him go. It's uh, He's just like a wait-and-see player. Let's wait until he has like a sustained run of, of excellence before we really consider him. Uh, he's looked good in all these matches, though, and he has scored one already. So um, I, I like him. I like the idea of him, but uh, we're not there yet. Yeah, I would drop him. I mean, especially when you can move him to – so many other players, all the players we talked about before. Those are all in that Chassard range. All right, Josh, we have uh, the final three lightning round questions. It's like a triptych of Arsenal and Watford questions. I don't think we want to take them all together, but one will feed into the next, I think. And we haven't okay. rehearsed this. This is this is live on the mic. First question comes from Bayern Brew. He wants to know, I'm seeing lots of teams, including my own, with no Arsenal or Tottenham assets. Is this short-sighted or are we correct to ignore them? Uh, Has your opinion changed on Arsenal or Spurs since the North London derby in which we saw an entertaining game, but a pretty poorly played game, in my opinion? No. Uh, I mean, everything we've said before, especially on last week's pod about about Arsenal, still applies. I mean, Sabalos, to me, uh, I just I wouldn't have my team if I was well carding. Um, Where is he going to play? And is he gonna, is he going to start every game week? Is he I mean, the guy does not have a track record of attacking brilliance. I mean, you look at his, his numbers in Spain and and I sort of bought into the narrative that he was going to be super attacking um, going into game week three, uh, despite being warned against him by uh, by. Adam Pritchard and others. I still, I still did it anyway. And so, you know, uh, so, but you know, and, and, and Spurs, I mean, it's just like that team's a mess, you know? So let's, let's, let, but let's just like, I was talking before when you asked me to vamp, when you were looking for, uh, I love a good Josh vamp. stats yeah. and I was, I was, you know, I was, I was talking about how no one, people don't think outside the box enough. So let's say that we were, let's say that we had to have, a, you know, one player from Arsenal and one player player from Spurs. And that was just like required for both of our teams. Right. right. So if you had to pick, so I've got Arsenal pulled up here. If you had to pick one player from Arsenal in, in I mean, can that conclude Aubameyang if you want, but if you had to pick one player from Arsenal, who would you pick? Aubameyang. All right. So Aubameyang, I still wouldn't want because um, I still would. I, I, th- I think I see more value in that slot. Is this a trick question? No, I mean, just it's not, it's not a trick question. It's just like, you know, I mean, you can still have the rest of your team any way you want it, but you have to have one player. I mean, it could be like uh, El Nenny and just put him at 4.5 bottom of your bench, you know. So I'll respond and then you can think about the question more. <laughs> And you can answer differently if you okay, want. Okay. I, considering I got it wrong the first time. Okay. What's your answer? Are you going with Gwen <laughs> well, I was Doozy? Go with, with, I was going with Gwen Doozy, who's, you know, 4.5 million, uh, 8% owned, uh, has been playing so well that he got a national team call up, uh, which I think is really impressive. I think that um, I was just reading an article, I think it was Michael Cox was talking about how everyone sort of thought that Torreira 
was going to be Gwenduzi. And now there's like a little bit of concern that Terrera just can't quite, he may not be physically up for the Premier League, you know, and that Gwenduzi is sort of the one now who looks like the cable the slide rule passes, you know, for, for assists and things like that. I love Terrera, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing him at all, but just from a, from a fantasy standpoint, I, I, I think that Gwenduzi is a great option. I think that he's a real nice bench filler too. Like if you were going to do like a, a four, three, three, uh, having Gwenduzi and Cantwell as your two 4.5, I guess Cantwell's like four, six or something now, but having those as your two bench players, I, I think is pretty, pretty solid. This is hilarious to me, uh, this Gwenduzi thing. I mean, have we forgotten what we've – like one North London derby. And Torreira did the exact same thing at the Emirates last season where he came out. Sure. He played uh-huh. his heart out. He scored a goal. He took his shirt off in front of the fans. Everyone yeah. loved it. Gwenduzi yeah. is a classic non-FPL asset defensive uh, ball-playing midfielder or ball-holding or mm-hmm. recycling guy. One match, and suddenly he's a great FPL option. I'm not buying it. I, I, I'm not saying I starter, but he does. Lo- he does love to shoot. You know, Gunduzi loves to shoot. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I get it. Uh, you know, so if you want to re- if you want to go again, you can pick Nikita. Eddie Nikita, throw him a tree on starting third forward. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still gravitating toward the Cole Golden Boot holder right now over Gwen sure. Doozy. Yeah. So uh, just call me crazy. Uh, and, and, and just just on Spurs, um, Hungman's son at 9.5 is just a real FPL killer. We talked so much about Harry yeah. Kane. And there's no one else to own in that team right now. Their defense is a complete mess um and for the expected clean sheets coming out of there everyone's kind of overpriced so there's nowhere left yeah. to run with spurs eric lamella maybe you know um he's been subbed early a couple times which is a little worrisome but i'm just if i had to pick one you know um he's he's only six million you know three percent owned i think he'll start most of the next few fixtures um, I don't know. He's he's maybe the one. Lucas, I guess Lucas Moore now is a little. Eh, maybe maybe he gets rotated a little bit, especially with the Champions League coming up. Um, I agree with you on Sun. Uh, I mean, maybe Erickson. I don't know. You know, I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, he's like he's eight point eight million. It's really reasonable uh, given how good he is, and it's, they have a really good run of fixtures. It's it's very dark times at Spurs right now. Let's move on to Jeff Wah of Schma, who okay. wants to know. He wants to know about Watford, who Arsenal will be playing next in game week five. Jeff asks, how doomed are Watford? Did you pick up on this news that Watford actually fired um, Javi Gracia over the break and mm-hmm. brought in their old man- manager, Kike Sanchez Flores? Yep. Yep. This is yep. just it is the height of insanity. I, I don't get it. So uh, Jeff wants to know, are we talking War of the Worlds doom, bleak, but a chance of survival, or deep impact doom for Watford? Forget it, the asteroid is wiping out your Premier League dreams. Um, So we we, we touched upon this idea that Watford are, at least in the near term, the Premier League whipping boys. But this managerial news, does that raise uh, raise the threat level of Watford whipping boyness? No, I mean, you probably would see some kind of new manager bump or something, right? Like that's a pretty like that's like a like a statistically proven thing that happens. And and we and you and I talked about this in last week's podcast. I mean, I don't think either of us think they're going to get relegated this year. You know, like their team is certainly talented enough to come to stay up. I mean, 
you know, got a workmanlike defense. They've got uh, some creative players in midfield. They've got a couple guys who can score up front. You know, it's like like that's all it takes, you know, to get 17th place or something, you know, like I, so I don't think it's a, I, I don't think they're that doomed, I guess is the short answer. Do you? Yeah, right. Um, the managerial thing is weird, but I guess historically in the premier league for Watford in this recent run, they have done weird change-ups with their managers where you thought, this manager is doing well and Watford has done away with them and they've, they've grown from it. So I guess Watford have done nothing but, um, have us earn their trust in their changeups with the, the managerial position. So yeah, I, I guess ultimately, um, it's okay, but I still think that they will be, <laughs> it's it, it, all that said, I think, um, if you happen to have a bombing just hanging out there in your FPL side, that's an interesting captaincy sure. option, um, this weekend. Yeah, maybe you're forced to, there's some weird pact. <laughs> Some weird blood oath. <laughs> All right. maybe, you've got, maybe you've got a Bamiang and Lamella for some crazy reason. <laughs> um, or Gwen Doozy. Go ahead and captain him. He's, he seems like a terrific sure. player. All yeah. right. Last question is from FPL Homer. Is it too early? This is, this is our last Arsenal question. Is this, this is a yes or no. This is a very easy one for you, Josh. Is it too early okay. to bring in Pepe? Arsenal have amazing fixtures and could score plenty against Watford in transition. Or will Watford get that bounce from a new manager? So Pepe, um, let's not let's not get too in the weeds with Pepe talk because I think sure. there's a lot so there. So let's just say no. Yeah, yeah, it's no, too, it's, it's not worth having Pepe. It's way too early. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, great. All right. Um, fixtures for game week five. Um, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about our captains and uh, our strategies for the fixtures in game week five. Brandon, we're back. Game week five. Uh, just a couple questions here. It's it's a tricky one, especially for captains. So Hugo uh, Risen says, I'm not sure if I said that right or not. R-Z-H-N. How would you say that, Brandon? I like your, yeah, trying to I say, like your Risen. Um, yeah. Hugo has Risen. Hugo has Risen. Uh, he says, which captain for game week five? Nice and simple. Aguero, Sterling, KDB. He is going with Aguero. If I had Aguero, I would captain him. Yeah. I don't have Aguero. Uh, so I am – as of last week's podcast, my bus team had Sterling as my captain. I still have Sterling as my captain. I have Mane as my vice captain. Yeah, I have uh, Salah as my bus team captain right now, and I'm very compelled by the Sterling argument for the Man City argument. I think what it's going to boil down to is just monitoring the minutes that – Sterling and De Bruyne are uh, Aguero didn't report to international duty. I don't think for Argentina, right? And uh, Salah, he's taken part no, in. This. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So no, Salah and Mane are both. They, they, yeah, they're both. Um, Salah and Mane. I don't think either one will join the team until November. The their, their national teams. That right. Is. Right. Right. So yeah, it, I guess it just boils down to the types of minutes that Sterling sees for England on Tuesday, but. Yeah, I would definitely lean towards Sterling here. Um, but does that mean Salah is going to be a... Now you're leaning towards Sterling over Salah? Well, I mean, I guess what I need to say here is, I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're they're both great fixtures. They're both great players. Am I predicting uh, the future? I see, because he only gave you the three. He only gave you the three options. All right, let's just... let's. Sorry, Hugo. <laughs> I'm sure you're a great guy. 
let's just let's just let let's just have everyone on the table here, Brandon. All right, who is the best captain for game week five? Just straight up. I think it's Raheem Sterling. Yeah. All right. Are you going to change your team right now as we're talking? <laughs> no. I, I want a real-time captain change. Okay. Here's 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 the twist, right? Okay. Raheem Sterling, he's on paper the best captaincy option. Right now I'm going with Mo Salah. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? It probably doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, it, it does if you are the kind of person that thinks you need to play differentials in game week five. Which right. uh, the short, which the answer is you don't because it's it's way too early to be thinking that way, Brandon. That is that is uh, that's like at the roulette wheel, you know, when you're like, you know, you start to make some crazy some crazy you know moves on the on the table. You yeah. know, you're not you're not playing uh, you're not playing the lines anymore. Now you're playing the individual numbers. You know, it's too. All right, too all risky. right. I just made Sterling my captain. Are you happy? Okay. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a smart move. <laughs> uh, I think that. Although I will say, if I had Salah over Mane, I would I would definitely be tempted. I mean, I do I do get the argument for him. Yeah. Uh, they are home. Um, you know, it may depend on how Sterling does at midweek. I mean, I know that I was just making a strong like I wasn't even making a case for him. I was just like making, I was just being like, yeah, it's he's definitely the best option. But I think he's okay. I mean, can we all can we both agree that Aguero is actually straight up if our teams are put aside for a minute, the best captain for a game week yes. five? That's right. That's that's yeah, the correct okay. answer. So, yeah. I just switched my captain back yes. to Mosala, by the way. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. We have a uh, uh, yeah, Aguero, Aguero Barnon is the best. If you have him, if you and, and that would not yeah. be, though, an advocation of making your wild card fit Aguero in just because he's the premier standout okay. captain for this game. Like, yeah. I, I mean, do you think that. A lot of people talk about like the captaincy as like luck. Like, do you do you think that it's luck, or do you? I mean, I feel like you have to own it. You know, like like ultimately you do. You, you decide how much risk you're willing to swallow. And I I don't really like this. It feels like why even play fantasy? You know, if you're just going to complain about the captaincy being luck. Like, I feel like that's everyone's going to have seven of the same players. You know, like the risk is who and who you captain. So I, I don't know. It's like embrace that like. You're taking a chance. I don't know. Right. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? No, I, 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 know, I know what you mean. It uh, seems complainy to me to talk about luck with the captaincy. It's all luck. Yeah. Uh, every Yeah. If if the captaincy is luck, then you have to admit that everything that happens in FPL is luck. And then at that point, everything falls apart. Like your reality just – just it's like the end of uh, um, what's that uh, yeah. Jim Carrey movie where he's inside of his dreams and all that sort of thing? Yeah, the Truman Show. Yeah. No, oh, you mean um, the, the, yeah. the other <laughs> He's one. He's got a couple of weird head Truman movies. No, the, yeah, the other one. Um, yeah, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, <laughs> so um, uh, captaincy is just a state of mind. We nailed that. Next question comes from Bruno Dutour yep. about Game Week 5. Would you start Pookie or Lindstrom for Game Week 5? City's defense seems more fragile without Laporte. Uh, but they have such a great great ball possession that it seems hard for them to concede a goal. On the other hand, Lundstrom may have a chance to make a clean sheet or even score a goal home to Southampton. So, Josh, your bench uh, dilemma is, do you start Pookie or do you start Lundstrom? You can only start one. Who is it going to be? It's a very good question. I guess I would have Pookie over Lundstrom. I'm starting them both this game yeah. week. Uh, and I would I, I would recommend trying to do that if you can. Um, the pokey thing is also 
he's not going to get benched by a lot of people. And his ownership is is getting pretty high. We've already talked about his ownership before. I, I didn't even pull up the percentage because I'm not actually sure what it is right now. It's got to be getting high, though. He's up to $7 million. Uh, it's at 38.5% owned. Wow. Wow. There it goes. Incredibly <laughs> there low goes motorcycle. Pookie. There goes Pookie's ownership even... right down the freeway. <laughs> Zoom it up. Uh, I can't even tell you how many how many doors and windows are in between me and that and that highway. That was crazy. Um, so, yeah, uh, Pookie's at almost 40% owned, and he's going to be started by almost everybody. So if he does well and you bench him, it's going to crush you. So that alone is – and yeah, maybe that's playing a little safe, but I mean, he's also like, it's a coin flip yeah. anyway, you know, in my opinion, you know, Definitely. so it's not like, yeah, it's not like you're being super, I don't know. I, I think the Pookie is the way to go. Yeah. And and my choice is almost, well, depending on how the rest of my wild card goes, if you're looking at just benching Pookie and you're like running five defenders at the back and one of them is Lundstrom, then that that gamble is not worth taking. I'd rather gamble on an offense, on an attacking asset than um, running four or five at the back that way. Yep. Yeah. It, it's not like five at the back has been like the super effective strategy so far right, this season. Right. So, okay. Yeah, let's take yeah, a look at the yeah. fixtures here, Josh. Uh, we start off with the early kickoff on Saturday. Uh, one of our captaincy shouts, Liverpool hosting Newcastle at Anfield, though Newcastle they're, they're, they're coming together after that horrible Norwich humiliation. Um, so our expectation, I assume is like a three nil three, one victory for Liverpool there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. A comprehensive victory. Right. Right. Okay. So what are the other, I mean, they did. Okay. I mean, they did, they did set up really, I mean, Newcastle set up perfectly in that Spurs game, you know? And so they are capable under Bruce of giving a team trouble. Um, I would say, I mean, maybe Spurs are a slightly unique situation, <laughs> Um, because of everything that was happening there. But still, um, I think that – I don't know that this is like a six – this is not like Liverpool-Norwich a few game weeks ago. You know? Right, yeah. Um, you know, but I, I do think that Liverpool still win handily. Right. All right. Um, what other matches here jump out at you? We've got uh, Wolves hosting Chelsea. That's going to be a fun one on Saturday. Uh, yeah, really fun one. I, I don't think I've only been in that game, but just kind of fun to see what happens. Yeah, Manchester United, Leicester, two two mid hot mid table uh, um, clubs right there. <laughs> yep, hilarious shot fires mid table joke by Brandon on the Always Cheating podcast, uh, and Manchester City the late kickoff um, away at Carroll Road, probably just going to absolutely smash Norwich, though we love them so. Yeah. Would it, it would not surprise you if Norwich scored, though, right? No, not at all. Not one bit. Yeah, no, not at all. Yep, same. Uh, these things, they happen all the time. That's why we tune in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sunday, kind of a mild affair. Bournemouth hosting Everton, though. That could be a fun match. That's generally a a goal. There was, was it like two or three seasons ago where there was that crazy late flurry of goals, Bournemouth-Everton? Um at the vitality and uh yeah should be a historically a fun matchup I think. yeah i actually don't remember that but yeah that's uh yeah <laughs> I, I believe you there you go yeah just uh look, look back in the history books then watford arsenal we talked a, a little bit about both of those clubs there and a monday night football i don't feel like we have had many of these this season yet but villa west yeah. ham so it's the it's the meeting of john mcginn versus sebastian allaire whose punt will will come good yeah you know it's 
these are like all good fixtures. Like there, there's like I mean Brighton Burnley is maybe like a little blah, but like basically every one of these matches is kind of interesting, yeah, right? right? Like it's like a lot of teams are kind of matching other teams at their level, mm-hmm. or there's like a or there's a really good team taking a really bad team, which is also <laughs> also really fun. You have like I think Bournemouth Everton and Watford Arsenal are both interesting, just like. I don't know what to expect from either one of those games, right? Like, if you told me that Watford won that match 3 1, I'd be like, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. like, I believe yeah. it, you know? Uh, if you told me Arsenal won 4 0, I'd be, I believe that too, you know? Uh, Bournemouth Everton, I mean, I expect there to be goals in that match, you know? Um, and then Aston Villa West Ham, like, who knows about that one either, right? I mean, Aston Villa played Everton a couple of game weeks ago and really played pretty well you know and i mean it's a game that i would expect west ham to probably win but i i don't know what's gonna happen in it you know so it's a it's a fun fun game week all right so we talked about my wild card you've got you've got a free transfer burning a hole in your pocket you looking to play that transfer this going into game week five um i don't know uh i haven't decided yet i'm i don't have a i'm not playing it as of right now um i have so right now let me let me look at my my current team yeah, I've got I've got a couple of questions actually. I've got Pope versus Ryan as uh, which which starting keeper do I want? Um, I don't think that this idea that Pope is just awesome is like kind of puzzling to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, Bournemouth have or, you know Burnley have looked fine. I don't know. They haven't looked like that good, have they? I mean, they've looked okay. Um, you know, he's had one clean sheet and four. I mean, I know they have this great run coming up, but I mean, that Norwich game in game week six, that's not that good either. Are they going to concede that? I don't know. So like, I, I don't feel like the, this, like you've got to, you can just have Pope as a 38 game game week starter narrative. I, I don't really buy because it's right. worked out not at all so far. Right. It's really, he's had, you've had one good return from him in a match. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, uh, then I've got uh, Van Dyke, Dean, Zinchenko, Lundstrom are on the back. I like that foursome. And uh, Mane, Sterling, Sabalos, and De Bruyne. And then Puki and Allaire as my two forwards. That leaves Aaron Wambasaka on the bench. Uh, and then uh, Cantwell as my first uh, uh, forward, my first yeah. midfielder after that. So, you know, Wambasaka, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I don't think anyone really knows yet. It would be very tempting to just take that 1.7 million and just immediately turn Wampasaka into Trent um, because I would love to have him for that match. But I don't really love um, Liverpool's next couple of fixtures. You know, I mean, they play, I mean, I guess, I guess it's really just that Chelsea match. Um, but I just, I guess I, I am starting to get a little worried about the champions league too, you know, and, um, and yeah. just whether there might be a little bit of rotation with Trent. Um, right. We did see it at the very start of the season. So I don't know. So I, I think I'm going to try to get away with it and then just, and then, you know, we'll see Like, like Sabalos is like, if I did that, I would bench Sabalos because I just don't know what I'm getting with him right now. Right. You know, I mean, I don't mind starting him, but, but I don't know, but I just don't know, you know, if he's even going to start, if he is where he's going to play, if he's, if he plays, if he's going to play well enough to get FPL returns, you know? So, um, yeah. You know, like just looking good is not enough reason for me to have you in my fantasy team. <laughs> right, right, so, exactly. Yeah. All right, for those of you interested in where I land on my wild card, I'll be tweeting at Hail Cheaters during the week, but I will come back with a Patreon exclusive podcast Thursday night. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, what Josh and I do every week here on the pod, just visit patreon.com slash always cheating. Check out all the, uh, the, uh, 
Check out all the add-ons that you can get access to there, including our Slack, T-shirts, Extra Leagues, and of course, the Extra Podcast every week. We want to thank our producers, as always, Peter Bodictel. We'll have to get used to that one, Peter. Barry McGuire, Paul Herzig, Victor Forsberg-Skoging, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stian Nyaus, Kaja Kirstein, Lilang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kian Gransky, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Christian Carter, Babus Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, DeBig Gaffer, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T., Nick Costello, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and the immortal Mike DiPietro. Well done, Brandon. Well done all the way around there. Uh, just in a, in, a, in a quick side note um, to Blair Jacobson, I'm sorry that we couldn't make it work out this weekend. Hopefully, Blair, we will see you when we visit the UK uh, in a few months. Um, yeah, and just a quick, quick uh, thank. Well, a couple quick thank yous to new patrons this week: uh, Peter Bakhtetel, who you mentioned before, and uh, Oyvind Burdal, a new uh, Pookie patron as well. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Acast. You can follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, uh, Instagram. We're also at the Hail Cheaters. I am I am back from my two week self imposed Instagram hiatus, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, it felt good, and what I've done is I buried it in a folder on the second page of my. This is like a classic um, uh-huh. internet addict trick, you know. So now it's not <laughs> it's not on the first page of my iPhone, so I'll never go there. You're just uh, hiding so. your Instagram in a plastic bag in the toilet tank now. <laughs> exactly. You know it's there. Exactly. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, you can email us hailcheaters at gmail.com and you can visit the website if you've missed any of this. All the links are there. Alwayscheating.com. Outstanding. All right. Good luck to everyone in game week five. We'll catch you here next week. All right. Sounds good. Good luck. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.